0: Spectrum Health presents Journey to Mental Health, a 30 minute podcast addressing the causes and treatments of mental health issues with your host, Bob Stahura, along with Melanie White, licensed mental health clinician. Join us on our journey to mental health.
1: Well, here we are, another episode of Journey to Mental Health. I'm Bob Stahura with Melaney White. It's 2024. We have what I think is going to be a great show. Let's get right into it with our special guest. Amy, thank you for coming in today. Amy Buemi, owner of Catalyst Fitness, seven locations in Western New York, here to talk about the connection, and it's a big connection, between physical workout exercise and mental health. Amy, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself for those who don't know you.
2: So I have been moving since I was a young kid involved in sports and just always loved how I felt when I was moving, when I had connection with others doing team sports or individually moving my body and the community that it came from. So as I grew up, uh, then got into the industry of owning fitness clubs along with my husband. And it is just a great space to be in because I see every day when my members walk in the club, how they are, how if, if they haven't been in the club, what they will say to me that they're not in a good space or they've been down or a bit depressed. And I never really knew it, the connection to mental health to moving your body and um, no matter how you're doing it, whether you're walking or, you know, using weights or you're in a class um, with other people, but it is just significant of how it's so related. And you didn't think about it until you're not moving then you see the way your body or your mind reacts and what then follows.
1: Right. Melanie, I think part of the issue with exercise and mental health is when you're depressed or anxious or fearful, you don't have the motivation to move. You're afraid to do mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do you overcome that to get to this point?
3: So first, let me say hello, everyone. Um, hi, Amy. Hello. <laughs> so... That is one of the big conversations here, right? Because one of the things you said was so significant was like this has been your life for most of your life, which is wanting to move, liking the way that you feel when you're moving, um, the way that it, it gives you um, that good response, right? So but when we're talking about mental health, we're talking about people who don't have that, mm-hmm. right? So um, in a lot of cases are going to be people who are not going to be your members, right? They're going to be people who think about it. Mm Who want to do it but there's something that holds them back whether it is the depression right because on the level you're speaking which is where we want to get them to which is they come in and say my depression is better I feel good I feel more motivated. When we take a step back and we kind of look at the beginning stage of that, of mental health, it's like, okay, how do we get them to this place? How do we get them? At one point we were having a conversation about depression. We were talking about um, just a little tool or technique, and I know we laughed a little bit about it, of just putting your legs out the bed and putting your arm out the bed and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get motivated. I'm going to get myself going. So, so really to try to tie those into together. How do we try to initially start the process? Yes, I
2: I completely agree with you because I have family members that are stuck mm-hmm. and they feel they're so buried mm-hmm. and I come in and I have learned my words because I used mm-hmm. to say it's so easy. All you have to do is get in the car and come. All you have to do is walk out your door and do it. And it's not that easy, it's not. I am in a good space Mm -hmm. so I can see it. There's light at the end of the tunnel. So when I say, let's just try to get a little further. So like you said, if your legs come out of the bed or you get in the car Mm -hmm. and you drive, Mm -hmm. possibly even just drive to a space, Mm -hmm. you don't even have to walk in, but you got further today than you ever did. So go back home and then maybe you drive again. And you don't walk in or you don't become a part of something. But as long as you inch a little bit closer, you you've overcome that. Now maybe then go a little bit more, right? So and as long as it takes just as those little baby steps forward, yeah. And then yeah. you're able to just feel so good about those baby steps mm-hmm. and then feeling mm-hmm. great about that, you your mind can respond and say, okay, yeah. maybe a little yeah. bit
3: further. There's something okay. Yeah, I think this is a great conversation, though, because this kind of ties in that um, exercise. When we're counseling, we talk about exercise being a part of uh, that coping skill, right? And it can create a barrier between the mental health, right? Mm -hmm. And so the conversation is like a twofold, right? Because on one angle, it it is... um, Mental health, my depression stops me from going. So what you're doing today, Amy, in this conversation is helping us tie not just knowing what exercise is from the the area of being motivated from young life, being in sports, engaging in certain things. But later on, when depression kicks in, there's also the aspect of weight gain. -hmm. Right. And so in that weight gain comes another piece, right? Because now it hurts when I walk. Mm -hmm. It hurts when I move. So not only am I depressed and I don't want to do it because emotionally and mentally, but now my weight is so much that it stops me. Mm -hmm. So today I say this is a great conversation because it really ties in all of this. We're talking about you have more than one location, several yes, we do seven. Seven locations. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of members who come out and those members are able to say, I feel good, right? So I think today is a part of trying to see how we can help others to be able to engage in that part of their lives and say, I feel good. A hundred percent. And another beautiful thing about what
2: you know, I get to do for a living mm-hmm. is I get to hear stories yeah. of how the club changed their lives or yeah. how um, just having somewhere to go mm-hmm. and they met friends yeah. and that you know they could see outside of the yeah, club. Yeah. Um, or they met an instructor mm-hmm. that was going through something that they had went through but had no one to talk to. They didn't feel that they could relate to anybody. Mm-hmm. So there's all these different things of I, again, took for granted of how special... A place like that can be because it's whether it's getting out and being social, getting out and having friends, getting out and and, and finding like-minded people yeah. that are in the same yeah. space as yeah, you. Yeah, like-minded people. Correct. Yeah. And they can help you be mm-hmm. a better version or maybe where you want to get to because they can share their story. Yeah. And they're not, there's no being ashamed. Mm-hmm. We're all human and we're all not perfect and we all have our own path. But if we can find a space that we could Mm -hmm. talk, move, and smile, and just let some endorphins out just a little bit at a time, and we can work together.
3: Yeah. yeah. As people, uh, exercise is big. But as women, it's our life's journey anyway. And I've always found that even personally, and when I have conversations with some of the people I work with... um, It's always nice to walk into a face that's like um, smiling and wants to say hello. Mm -hmm. Whereas that's not always the case in gyms, right? Because people don't always go there to communicate with other people because we have pods of people who we connect with. But that socialization is so big. And as you're talking, which I I love sitting here having a conversation with you about this, just the thought in my mind comes. you like when people are open enough to smile at you and a trainer walks in and says, how are you doing? Before someone has to introduce that trainer to the person for them to know that this is big because some people can walk in with that a personality that's going to be like hey how are you and then some people are not
1: Mm -hmm. so and it's not just about attending a club because Mm -hmm. there are people out there who may not have the means to travel whether you know they don't have a car or bicycle or it's winter time i remember when i went through a burnout in my 20s and I was afraid to get out of bed I'm not, I, because I was just so anxious about everything. And I forced myself to get out and just run around the right. block just because right. I needed right. to do something. And like you said, Amy, increments. If you do one little thing and you say, wow, that that was difficult, but I feel even just an iota better, I'm going to do it again tomorrow, maybe go a little further. And before you know it, things... We
3: kind of mentioned it. We mentioned it the last time, Bob, we were here. And we kind of, we mentioned it. We talked about, like, just the thought of putting the leg, putting the arm, sitting up your back and saying, I can do this. I'm sitting up now. My legs are over the edge of the bed. And that piece being, like, just the beginning from opening your eyes, just that piece. A hundred percent. Instead of covering up your head again.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. And, you know, I have said to my children, your body and your mind they work together and in the thoughts that you say and the words your body responds to mm-hmm. you have people have no idea how powerful words are sure, so if every sure. day you say to yourself i wish i was thinner i don't like my face i don't like my body negative things negative things your body responds to that mm-hmm. even if i you get up and you look in the mirror and you say i like my ears mm-hmm. i like my my face, I like my body, Mm -hmm. any little thing, I like my knees, those are positive remarks. And then your body will respond and maybe start to feel better. And then it's a whole mental and physical thing that comes. Mm -hmm. But we just, we always tend to want to rip ourselves down or compare ourselves, but we are all beautiful and we all have something unique and we are all special and we have to remind ourselves and just say something like that to ourselves every day.
1: Wow. That's, thank you, Amy. Thank, thank you very you. much. I mean, we have, yeah. believe it or not, yeah. it's a 10-minute segment. We could talk about this forever. It's such a pleasure for you to come in and take time out of your yeah. busy schedule. I know you're doing a remodel yeah. and some other things, but thank you so, so much for coming Thank in. you. I thank love you. this. Thank you.
4: Well, it's a good day for singing a song, and it's a good day for moving along. Yes, it's a good day. How could anything go wrong? A good day from morning till night. And it's a good day for shining your shoes Yes, it's a good day for losing the blues Everything to gain and nothing to lose It's a good day from morning till night I said to the sun, good morning sun Rise and shine today You know you gotta get moving If you gotta get showing then you got the right away. And it's a good day for thinking of you. It's a good day, and there's so much to do. It's a good day from morning till night. Well, it's a good day for being yourself. And it's a good day for losing yourself. So it's a good day. Leave your worries on the shelf. it's a good day from morning till night. I said to the sun, good morning, sun. Rise and shine today. You know you gotta get moving And throw away the pills Cause it's a good day from morning till night It's a good day from morning till night It's a good day from morning
1: till night And welcome back to Journey to Mental Health. Bob Stahura with Melaney White. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. If you're in crisis, please call 988 immediately. To schedule an appointment with Spectrum Health, please call 716 539 5,500. And speaking of Spectrum Health, we have Christine Ziemba from Spectrum as our special guest for Segment 2. Christine, what is your title?
5: My title is Director of Special Projects and Director of Buffalo Hope.
1: We had Amy Buemi from Catalyst Fitness here to talk about exercise and the connection with mental health. My understanding is you are into movement and dance and yoga. Could you expound on what the connection is with good mental health and movement and dance?
5: We've done with um, our previous grant, which was New York Project Hope, helping people to um, deal with COVID. We've done things with um, movement. One of the things we've done is we pushed into a preschool for children, preschool-age children with disabilities, and we helped them to find their voice with drumming. Uh, drumming helps. They've shown is that evidence-based practice, um, especially with Drums Alive. They've used it with Alzheimer's. They used it with children. Um, before school. They've even shown that drumming has helped kids gain up to 10 points higher uh, if it's used prior to going into a testing situation. Um, And if there's that connection, just getting into that mindful activity of just pounding the drums. Um, Same can be said for dance, tapping your feet, um, moving your body in a certain way. Now the yoga is is just the same sort of way. Yoga predates everything. It's a it's a 2,000-year-old exercise. It helps give us a sense of self because it connects our mind and our body. Um, balancing on one foot really does make you kind of stop for a minute and take note of where you are in space. There's really seven senses, and proprioception, which is where we are in our in our space and time, and with our body, is one of those seven senses. And yoga and dance, especially, helps us with that. Where am I in this moment, and where where is my surroundings? And that's really helpful for any age from birth all the way up through um, our 80s and 90s and so you see people even in their senior years being able to to reap the benefits of yoga and dance even if you're sitting in the chair
1: That's interesting. You know, when you said standing on one foot, I, I, as I've mentioned on this show many times, I deal with anxiety. And I think if I were standing on one foot, I would have to concentrate on that act alone. And it would clear my mind of other things that I'm thinking about, because uh, it takes some it takes some effort to stand on one foot.
5: Absolutely. Again, that's not a skill. Um, that's because you have that skill or you don't have that skill, it's a skill that requires you to be mindful, so it's definitely a skill that's attainable by anyone.
1: So with that in mind, when you say drumming, does someone need rhythm in order to get relief or, or help from pounding a drum?
5: No. Again, um, we were doing it with kids with who were identified to have a disability um in a preschool and we were using pool noodles so um just having that sense of just going up and down and as opposed to clapping we've had um classes where we've had no pool noodles to our (laughs) in our, in our in our kits or drums or we've done it with dowels because um drumsticks are a little expensive Um, And we've had kids use their hands. We've had adults use their hands and and even palpitating on your chest and giving that feeling of just having that sense, again, of proprioception. Where am I in my space and time? And um, I know that they've used that as an evidence-based practice of tapping, which is part of EMDR. But even taking that out of that big fancy word of EMDR, I'm just taking that to the sense of just going up and down with your hands on your perhaps lap, um, and just getting that sense of motion, um, just having and just mm-hmm. concentrating on that and get you out of yourself for that moment. And you mentioned anxiety. Uh, one of the things, one of my big things with anxiety is kids talk about that song, Going on a Lion Hunt, and I've had, I've had the opportunity to uh, babysit my five-year-old nephew, and I'm kind of aghast at the fact that now it's going on a lion hunt, going on a ghost hunt, going on a snake hunt, going on whatever hunt you want to go on. Um, and the course is you can't go over it, can't go under it, you got to go through it. And so that's what I've always said about anxiety disorder. Can't go over it, can't go under it, have to go through it. So having all these different ways to be able to do that, whether it be tapping, whether it be drumming, whether it be yoga, whether it be dance... Anxiety disorder is something that we all can go through and do it in a way that is meaningful for us, mindful for us, and come out successful on the end because we've gone through it. And I think that song has a lot of meaning now for me as a therapist.
3: Thank you so much, Christine. Thinking about that mindfulness You mentioned having I I, kind of go back to, of course, being an EMDR therapist. I am familiar with the conversation you're having, but I also think about DBT, Dialectical Behavioral Therapy and DBT. There are the how skills and what skills and dance for me resonates in the participation in doing what works right and what skills is i think is participation and in, in, in the how skills it's like doing what works which is the physical activities exactly um, have you been able to see the results have you seen good results with with while you're dealing or working with young people absolutely um we've been able to do this consistently. With kids we've seen
5: like I said, um drumming especially I'm just gonna take drumming for an instance and then I'm gonna tell you about a dance real quick. But drumming, um, because it's now an evidence based practice, like I said, They've seen this on a national level, consistently kids' scores going up when they've done it before. Uh, um, A class that we've seen, kids anticipate and love the Mm -hmm. drumming with the pool Mm -hmm. noodles to the point where, like, okay, it's time to drum. And, you know, the toddlers go to get the drums because they love it so much. And then working through anxiety, we've done this in portions where the children don't have to dance and then encourage them, them to dance mm-hmm. and then letting them participate to the point where they look forward to the dancing because it's something that they can do and they you know there's those things like dance like a toddler like no one's
3: watching and who cares because it's i'm
5: dancing yeah. and it's for me and not for anyone else
3: yeah i'm i'm sitting here smiling cuz i'm thinking about how you're talking about youth Right? You're talking about the children So in thinking about mindfulness Recognizing that One of DBT's efforts As well as EMDR And any other trauma therapy Is to help people to be able to Come to a place of being at peace Learning how to live life in a graceful Manner, type manner um, You're talking about older adults dancing and engaging in physical activity that helps them to become grounded and I love it because on the opposite side of the coin you're talking about children almost preparing for that adulthood right it's saying now we're implementing this drumming and dancing with children so these children can almost work on being balanced throughout life and not having to wait until an older age to learn how to manage to learn how to be mindful, to learn how to work on self-control and behavioral modification, but actually learning it early on in life so this is a plan I like it absolutely because we can always talk about transferable skills
5: and we well, obviously not with a 4 year old but those are transferable skills that we can continue to build on as That's we're right. working through the ages
1: Yeah. well Christine uh, you're, I know your time is valuable and you have uh, appointments to tend to I want to thank you for being here on, yes. on the show via phone and how can we contact you how can someone contact you to participate in some of these activities that you're talking about.
5: through Buffalo Hope or uh, we can you can do that through our website expectrum shswny.org or if you'd like to reach out to me specifically, Z is in zebra I E M V A C. At SHSWNY.org.
1: Christine Ziemba, thank you so much for your time. We truly appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Christine. You said a mouthful. That was very nice having you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone.
6: When you're down and in trouble And you need a helping hand And nothing, all, nothing is going right Just close your eyes and think of me And soon I will be there To brighten up even your darkest night Just call my name, and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you've got to do is call. And I'll be there, yeah, yes, I'll be there you got a friend If the sky high above you Should grow dark and full of clouds And that old cold to go. Just keep your forehead together now and call my name out loud Pretty soon I'll be knocking on your door You just call Spring, summer, or fall Really, all you gotta do is Call on me now And I'll I'll be there Yeah, yes, I'll be there You got a friend
1: We are back again with what we like to call our hope segment. Melanie White was unable to join us for this. So with me is the lovely executive producer, Sherry Mazur. Sherry, thank you for doing this. Thank you, Robert. We have another very special guest, a very gracious guest, because truth be told, we did this interview and I did not hit the record button. So we are doing it again. Barbara Leggett, life coach, coach, consultant.
7: You know what? Congratulations! You're a human being. I mean, that is the thing. Life is never perfect. And here we are. And here we are.
1: So let's do this again, even better.
7: Awesome! <laughs> I love it.
1: Talk about. You know, I got to first mention your website, Western New York, WNYHappiness.com. You got to love that. And if you're someone out there that's struggling in any way, shape, or form mentally, would you not go to that website? I would. In fact, you're certified, right? In in happiness. Yeah, Consulting?
7: Coaching. 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 So I actually have multiple um, coaching certifications. I have five years of training in in different types of coaching. And one of them was from the Happiness Studies Academy on how to live a happier life and how to coach people to living a happier life. I like to, to say, you know, we have our brain keeps us alive. Our mind helps us live.
0: And I think this is an important consideration when we look at the difference between coaching what you do in counseling which is the basis
7: of what Spectrum Health does. Right. So I think it's really important to acknowledge that sometimes we need therapy, sometimes we need coaching, and both are appropriate in different circumstances and important in different circumstances, incredibly
1: important. When someone comes to you, do you recognize when they might need therapy before coaching or coaching and then therapy?
7: My whole coaching premise is based on the fact that I will give a free coaching session to anyone that asks for it. So if somebody is there and what I start seeing says to me that is somebody that really needs therapy more than they need coaching, I will always be encouraging people. So during that free session, something might come up. A little bit into coaching, something might come up. I've often had coaching clients where I'm coaching an executive who's working at a nonprofit and something is coming up in their life where they need counseling. I will talk to them about why the importance of counseling to address deeper needs. I think it's so important for us to realize first, you know, we're human, which means we're never going to be perfect. Things are never going to go exactly to plan 100% of the time. That's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a key piece to a lot of my coaching is it's really about... How do we start thinking about going towards something instead of running away? How do we make changes in our life because we deserve a better life versus make changes because we hate something? Every one of us deserves this amazing life. We've got this one life, how do we live it fully? And if we're not living it fully, what changes do we need to make? And sometimes that means getting counseling, sometimes that means getting coaching, sometimes it means leaving a situation to go to a better situation. right? And not all those things are easy, but they're really important. Our world is not built for the way our brain
1: works. Right. It's not. And before we were recording, we talked about the society we live in, the culture we live in. The, you know There is no margin space. We used the analogy of when you were in school, you had this paper and it had margins on it. You would use the main body for the main notes. And then occasionally there'd be a little side note that you would put in the margins. Our society and our culture fills up those margin spaces. So there is no room for anything else. And that's when burnout happens. And that would be a good place for someone to say, hey, yeah, that's me. I need help.
7: Yeah. We talked about this, a program um, from a Stanford lecturer named Shirzad shamin talks about positive intelligence and how we make sure our brain is operating at its best. And they, they studied and found that two minutes of total calm in the middle of your day, multiple times a day, actually keeps your brain operating at a higher level function. And it's something as simple as you can focus on your breath like a meditation. You can focus on rubbing your fingers together and feeling the ridges on your fingerprints. You can stare at something deeply and notice all the nuances. You can listen to something. Listening to music is amazing, right? But not using our phones as, I like to call them, a weapon of mass distraction, right? We don't let our brain rest when we're jumping from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, when we're saying, I've got to check my email, and my text, and my my WhatsApp, and my, you know, my social, and I've got to do all these things. We're not living, but we're also not letting our brain take a break. So we've got to build that into our lives. And I work with people on that a lot.
0: You talk about the impact of <coughs> listening to music. Um, more full disclosure, I used to work at our community's uh, classical music station where there were plenty of studies done over time, that talked about listening to classical music that helps you bring clarity, that brings relaxation, that spurs creativity. Wind back that even earlier in history, in the 20s, when Frank Lloyd Wright was building the Larkin Company administration building here in Buffalo. He had a pipe organ installed hmm. in the main area of the pl- of the administration building. So not the plant where soap was being made, but the admin building where all the work was being processed. And he convince John Larkin to hire an organist to play music throughout the day because that would be good for employees, not only for their creativity but for their morale. And his rudimentary look at what productivity meant. So that was happening in the 20s, long before the science of listening to music was even studied. But there's impact to that. Our brain wants
7: us to survive. Right? It's worried that an email is the same as a saber-toothed tiger trying to kill us. And it's not.
1: But our mind goes there.
7: Our brain goes there, and our mind has the ability to say, hold on let's stop right oh, a thought has no power until we give it power
1: wow that's very very good that's that's great and and, and we could spend more you mentioned I know. you mentioned getting together for lunch when you guys used to take breaks and and then I, that that leads us to a completely uh, different topic of social media which is to me almost anti social media because we've learned to to communicate and have relationships with this little device that we're holding in our hands which is called a phone but it's 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 practically used less as a phone than it is for many, many other things. But um, anyway, Barbara, thank Thank you. you. WNYhappiness.com. Check out that website. And again, Sherry, thank you for filling in for Mulaney. Barbara, thank you for your graciousness. Thank you. For being here. And remember, no matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Never give up. You are worth it.
0: This has been Journey to Mental Health, presented by Spectrum Health and Human Services. If you need immediate help, call Spectrum Health's 24-7 emergency line, 716-710-5172. That's 716-710-5172. Until next time, never give up the fight. You are worth it.